Yeah, you know, two things that make you seem immediately harmless, or at least more harmless. Things that make people kind of give you the benefit of the doubt if they see you out and about. The benefit of the doubt out and about uh, are, for one, walking a dog. And this is something that was totally new to me a couple years ago as someone who was completely averse to dogs for the first 30 years of my life, somebody who didn't even date anybody who had a real dog in their life, a real dog, uh, didn't have a dog that lived with them or anything like that. So I really never had that experience of walking a dog. And starting a couple years ago, I, I was walking a friend's dog for her and she, uh, she wouldn't be there. It would just be me and a dog, which at the time felt so strange. It really, a truly new and experience, uh, a new experience, a new and experience. What, are, what does that mean? A new and. Have you heard about the new and? I know, but a truly new experience was being out by myself walking a dog. I mean, it felt in some ways like being left alone with a child. It was just a whole new experience. But part of that experience was realizing, oh, People accept me like this, <laughs> you know? Not that people didn't accept me before, not that I felt unaccepted, but I felt like I might have raised some eyebrows. You know, I'm someone who likes to walk around neighborhoods. You know, it's nice to walk around a neighborhood. It's nice to see how people live. You know, a lot of people go out and look at people's cars, like they're on the road, and they're like, look at that car. And it's like there's nothing personal about a fucking car. Maybe someone has a bumper sticker. The most you can read into about someone's car is, oh, that person has money, or they want us to think they have money, or that person doesn't take care of their car, or they can't afford it. But you really can't tell that much about someone from their car. Maybe if you could see the entire inside of the car, I don't know. See how much trash they have, see what kind of things they keep around, what kind of CDs they have in there, if they still have a CD player. But you can't really tell that much about someone from their house. So I like to walk around neighborhoods. I like to see how people live. I mean, you can tell a lot about someone's house. I mean, beyond what someone looks like. I mean, uh, the best way to gauge someone is how they live, the, the building they live in. And if they don't do anything to it, that says a lot, too. If they don't have anything outside, that says a lot. You know, that speaks for itself. It's that sort of, you know, if they don't keep up on their yard, if they don't do this or that, if they don't decorate... That sort of minimalism becomes a heavy minimalism in that it speaks a lot. It speaks volumes. So whether they have a, you know, a decorated house or not, uh, it doesn't really matter. You can tell a lot just from seeing houses. Even if you, you don't have to know the people, it's just like, look, at this is the way people live. This is what houses look like. Houses are interesting. Uh, I don't need to justify my interest in neighborhoods, in suburban neighborhoods, and my desire to walk around them. It's been a lifelong interest. I don't know what to say, even though I just knew exactly what to say in justifying my behavior. But anyway, I learned like walking a dog, though, I just I feel like it alleviated any suspicion that I cast out there. And maybe it's all in my head. Maybe people didn't think of me as a, as a suspicious person just taking strolls. But I felt suspicious. I felt that there was just an inherent suspicion. As a hypervigilant person who verges onto into paranoia at times, you know, if I see someone walking around my neighborhood, I look out the window and I'm like, what are they doing? Even if they're just on a clear trajectory, you know, not even looking around, I still think, what are they doing? So naturally, I think people look at me and might think the same thing, especially being a lone man. Uh, but when you have a dog, you just, all of the suspicions disappear. People are like, oh, he has a dog. 
Oh, look at him. He has a dog. It's And they they smile at the dog. And in smiling at the dog, they are accepting you as the dog walker. They are saying they, they might not even pay any mind to you. Often they don't. They might not even look at you. Uh, they, But at the same time, just the fact that they are giving this attention to that dog, and they think it's your dog. You know, even if you're walking a friend's dog, they don't ask questions. People don't ask questions. They're not like, is this your dog or some someone else's dog that you know? They just assume it's your dog. You are. They don't even care about that. I mean, you are the person walking the dog. That's all that matters. And that dog is your representative to the world. And I'm not even joking. I know that sounds like a joke, but I'm not even joking. That dog is seriously your representative while you're walking it. And of course, if the dog behaves badly, you know, people will sometimes kind of project that onto you, like you didn't train the dog well, and, you know, this or that. Some dogs don't interact well with other dogs. Some dogs bark at people. Uh, but still, for the most part, people will look at a dog and just be like, look at that happy dog. Like, that dog makes me happy. They'll ask you questions about it. They'll ask what its name is. I mean, people will never ask you your name. If you're walking down the street, nobody will ever stop and smile and be like, what's your name? What's your ethnic heritage? You know, nobody will ever ask you that, but they will ask questions about the dog. They will even ask questions that I think they already know the answer to, not the name of the dog, you know, unless, <laughs> unless they really got a lot going on in their head, a lot of psychic energy pooled up. I don't think they're going to know the name of the dog. Although, you know, there are some common dog names that you could probably guess, but they're not going to know the name of the dog. But I feel like sometimes people know the breed of the dog, but they still ask you just because they want to engage you. But people don't ask you those questions, and so in that way, it's like you get this... uh, People are interested in you because of the dog in a weird way. Even if they don't pay you any mind, it's like they... They think of you as a decent person. Look at that decent man with a dog. There's there's a level of acceptance to it. And you look like you're doing something, too. You know, even if you're like me, and it's when I talk about walking through neighborhoods, it's not like I hang around. It's not like I hang around and creep or case houses or anything like that. I look around, but, you know, I'm someone who walks quickly and, and very determined, determinedly. Deter, I, I have a very determined walk. Let me say it that way. Uh, so it's not like I'm hanging around or walking real slow, like, I, like I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm not a slow walker. But if you have a dog, there's just this immediate, you know, like you look like, you look like a guy who's doing something and, and what you're doing is okay. And you, usually, you have a different stride. And maybe it helps that one of your hands is contained. Maybe part of it is that it's like, that guy can't do anything crazy. That guy, that guy can't make a snap uh, movement. He can't lunge at me. He's got a dog to handle. He's not going to let go of that dog. He's only got one hand free. And if he's got a really big dog or, or, you know, a particularly strong, aggressive dog, some small dogs can be pretty strong. A lot of them are. They're they're incredibly strong. Uh, You know, you're going to have to use two hands to restrain that dog if it sees a squirrel or anything else. So really, if you have a dog, it's not just like the, the simple appearance of it. It's the fact that physically you have something that you are contending with, and it's something that people like. Because if you're physically contending with something else that people don't like, they probably wouldn't, wouldn't be as accepting. I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example of what that would be. Physically contending with something that people don't like. 
I don't know, just let your imagination run. If you can think of anything like that, let's just make a game of this. If you're a listener and uh, you can think of something that you would be physically contending with while walking that would make people uncomfortable, let me know what it is. It's going to be a, a contest. I'll come up with a prize. And the prize is you win a dog. Um, but yeah, there's something about that that people just, they like dogs. And if, you ha- if you're walking a dog, they like you. And they don't mind the fact that you're just, you could be doing anything. Uh, as long as that dog is on a leash and as long as, you know, it doesn't bite anybody, you're pretty much good to go. You can do anything. And I've heard stories, it's a funny thing too, it's one of those dumb things because it's, it's like, if you're, I've heard stories of like serial killers who have brought dogs around to, to stalk people, to follow people. I've heard of burglars, you know, scoping neighborhoods with a dog. It's almost like that idea of if you express some opinion that is socially, you know, if, if you basically virtue signal something, people will just be like, oh, okay, he's a feminist, Oh, that guy, he hates rapists. Oh, he, he hates wife beaters. And then you find out that guy is like a rapist or a wife beater. And it's like, but he said. And it, it just, it comes up again and again. Living in a liberal bubble town like the one I live in. Uh, when I was more social, in other words, when I still drank, uh, you know, not to say it came up all the time, but the gossip was punctuated here and there by stories like that, where it's like, but but he said so-and-so was dating this guy, and, and I knew him, and he, and he, he, he said all the right things. He, he, he agreed with me. He, he agreed with me on uh, the topics of gender and identity, and he, he said that women deserve to not be harassed and abused, and he hit his girlfriend. You know, it's like people, and, they, and, and then you get people who are like, oh, no, he couldn't have done that. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Because he agreed with me on on the opposite view. He he because he expressed the opposite view once. I feel like it's the same thing with dog walkers. Where and I mean it's it's not just liberal bubble towns like this. It's to be fair. It's all you have evangelical Christian communities where obviously you know oh that really uh, dogmatic anti-gay preacher fucks men. In hotel rooms, you know, you hear that story too. It's just, it's what happens. But, and those people are, they go through the same kind of denial or the same sort of, uh, I just don't know what's real anymore. I don't know what's real. He said, he said he hated gay people. You know, it's like people, they just can't comprehend that people express things. They virtue signal, they do this. And I hate to even say virtue signal, even though it's a great phrase, but it's just, it's one of those phrases that's been corrupted like every other buzzword. Uh, but that's what it is. It's virtue signaling, and usually it is done to, not usually, but often it is done to cover something up or to, you know, create a, create a, a it's, just, it's just the classic wolf in sheep's clothing, if you want to go with the most obvious cliche. And speaking of wolves, you know, we were talking about dogs, and that's sort of what walking a dog can be. It's almost like being a wolf in sheep's clothing, and you know, not that I was up to any no, it's not that I was up to no good, but I have heard stories of that. I have heard of, of people using dogs as a cover because people do accept it. It makes you look like you have business in the neighborhood. Even if you don't live in the neighborhood, even if you don't have any clear business, uh, walking a dog is business. Walking a dog is serious business. This dog's been in, it's been home all day and it needs a walk. And guess what? I can, I can walk anywhere and you can. Having a dog is like a, you know, it's a residential passport. You can go anywhere with it. Nobody will question it. 
The other thing, the other thing that kind of gives you a little bit of a passport is a coffee, a, co- a cup of coffee. I think that when someone has, and, and in particular like a Starbucks, not just any cup of coffee. I mean, you can't walk around with a mug in your hands. You can't walk around with just any cup of coffee. But if you have, you know, a visible, especially a well-known brand, but I think Starbucks is the most obvious and probably the best example, where if you're walking around with that bright white Starbucks cup, it just kind of says, oh, it's disarming. And maybe it's once again the sort of thing, well, they have something in their hand uh, they wouldn't dare drop that cup of coffee to pull out a knife on me. They wouldn't ruin. They wouldn't. Get, they wouldn't waste that coffee to to attack me, to lunge at me. So maybe there's a physical component where it's like, oh, that person's uh, physically contending with something, uh, physically contending with that cup of coffee. That means they're safe. They're not going to do anything to me because that cup couldn't possibly be empty. Otherwise, they wouldn't be holding it like that. And. You know, they paid money for that cup of coffee. They went, they waited in line at Starbucks. And maybe that's another angle. I think one reason why walking around with a coffee cup, especially a Starbucks cup, uh, might be disarming is because it's like someone just subconsciously does the math. They might not even be thinking it through, but they just subconsciously are like, yeah, that guy waited in line at a fucking Starbucks so that he could walk around with a fucking cup of Starbucks in his hand. Like, that guy's a pussy. You know, there's no way a guy, there's no way a dangerous guy is going to wait in line at Starbucks and then just carry this cup around with him, uh, this paper cup. You know, there's no way the guy, a guy, a tough guy is going to do that. I mean, there's something about Starbucks. Maybe it's just, it's from the Seattle area. It's this well-known chain. It's, it's associated heavily with, you know, suburban women for whatever reason, even though it started in a, in a metropolitan, you know, city which is a redundant metropolitan city, a metro area. Um, there's just still something about it that it's, it's kind of associated with, I don't know, weakness? I don't know what to say. I, I mean, I drink Starbucks sometimes, you know, if it's convenient. It's, they're, they're all over here. I mean, there's like five of them in a two-block radius right by my house, and I'm not even joking. Uh, there's practically Starbucks inside of other Starbucks around here, and that's a fucking dumb joke, but uh, it's practically true. Uh, but anyway, it, it, there is something kind of inherently weak about it. Uh, there's something kind of just, you know, you don't really worry about someone who's walking around with a Starbucks in their hand. And I would say the same goes for these local companies. We have some local companies, especially with, you know, how... I don't even know what to call them. I guess craft coffee. I don't even know what they call them. It's all part of that genre. It's all part of that category. Um, category. Speaking of categories, just to go back to another thought, I was thinking how like, you know, in the same, I mentioned how like every once in a while it'll come up where it's like, oh, uh, he, ne- I can't believe he did that to her. You know, he's, he said he was a feminist. I can't believe he did that. He said this, you know, that's a certain category of gossip. That's a subcategory of gossip. You know how there's categories for things, you know, that's its own category. It happens enough to deserve its own category. I don't know if I, what I'd call it, like some sort of just hypocrisy. I don't know. Like it's just, it's its own category. And I would say the same goes for kind of Starbucks cups. Like if you heard that somebody mugged somebody and they had a uh, Starbucks cup in their hand, which I've never actually heard that story. Maybe it's never happened. Maybe that's why 
walking around with a Starbucks cup in your hand, no matter how nefarious you look, automatically makes it puts people at ease. It's like, oh, he's he's got a Starbucks cup. He's got a dog. He's got a Starbucks cup. Uh, maybe in the same way that that puts people at ease, you know, uh, it's because there's never been one documented case of a mugger or any kind of killer or anybody walking around with a Starbucks cup. It's probably never happened. Uh, that's probably why people are so at ease around the cup. I'm very at ease when I see the cup. Uh, but you know, it's one of those things though, where it's like, if somebody, if you did hear about it, if you did hear that somebody did that, they did that. I heard somebody did that. But if you have, you heard like somebody mugged somebody and they had a Starbucks in their hand. First of all, if you were being mugged by that person, you wouldn't really take them seriously. You'd be like, what? What What are you doing? What the fuck are you... You know, you, you wouldn't take it seriously. That person would have to get really aggressive with you. They'd have to threaten to, you know, splash you with the coffee before you'd really take them seriously. Or they'd have to, like, pull a knife out of the cup, which would be a very involved process. Imagine seeing that. There's someone, like, ripping the lid off. You know, by then you'd have a chance to, you know, run or do whatever. Uh... But, uh, yeah, it's the same sort of thing, though, where you'd be in a little bit of disbelief. If I was a cop and I was filing a police report, somebody reported that they'd been mugged by somebody holding a cup of a Starbucks, I'd be like, wait a second, you know? Like, it'd just be that sort of thing. But he, a guy holding, he, 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 are you sure it was him? Are you sure you didn't see another guy walk by with a cup of Starbucks in his hand and you just, maybe you got confused, you know, you were, it was traumatic and you kind of confused their hands. You thought his hand was the other guy's hand. Uh, it, you know, it would be hard to take that seriously. It'd be very similar to like, but he said he was a feminist. You know, he said he was a feminist. How he wouldn't, he couldn't have done that. He had a Starbucks cup in his hand. He couldn't have done that. It's the same sort of idea. It's the same sort of idea, uh, uh, but if you have both, if you have a, if you're walking a dog and you have a Starbucks cup, which I've done, you know. Oh, but what I was going to say too is like if it's a local, a local roaster, if it's a cup from a local roaster, and especially if it's a white cup or another clearly identifiable cup, I mean, I feel like that makes you even more of a wimp. I feel like if you have some ex really expensive local roaster paper cup in your hand that's even a step above starbucks you know it's even a step above in terms of disarming people because then you spent some real money on that thing and i don't you know I, I drink a lot of coffee and i don't give a fuck about it like like i'm not trying to be cool by saying that oh i don't i don't give a fuck uh i am serious it's like i don't i think i realize that i like a lot of coffee a lot more if I just let it cool down a little bit. Like if I drink any kind of coffee when it's just at the perfect temperature, I'm like, whoa, has this brand gotten better? You know, because I'm just like, oh, I'm so used to drinking it when it's just like burning hot and burning my mouth and I don't taste it and it ends up tasting like shit and like making my teeth and gums feel weird for the rest of the day. So it's like I, I rarely have the patience to wait and just drink, you know, the, the cup when it's like at the perfect temperature, not too cool, just that sort of in between, still warm. So it's like, as long as I drink it, then I find that I'm like, oh, this is what coffee tastes like. And it doesn't matter if it's the worst of the worst, you know? And, and in a way it's just like, I don't want to go into a place and have to decide like on what kind, you know, Starbucks gives you like a couple options. Like today I, I went to a Starbucks 
hence this whole fucking thought. I'm giving away my methodology here. I'm giving away the, I'm giving away all my tricks, giving away my tricks. Uh, but yeah, when I went into Starbucks today, it's like, I was like, I'll just get a black coffee. I'm like some fucking, you know, dad from the 1950s. I just want the black coffee. I don't care what you call it. Just give me a black coffee. Just give me a black coffee, okay? Uh, I'm like like a 1950s dad, though, as far as that goes. Right? Just just give me the coffee. Just give me the coffee. And because uh, <laughs> like I went into service, I was like, I'll just get a black, you know. And you got to do the whole grande thing, whatever. And it's like I, I could protest that. I used to not know, and every time I would have to be like, um, it's almost like the breed of dog thing. Like someone who asks you the breed of dog, but you know they know. You know they know what kind of dog this is, but they just want to start that conversation or they just want to go through like some motion. It's almost the same thing with the Starbucks like sizing where it's like, uh, I'll get the, uh, what do you, what's the breed of cup that is not big and not small? You know, it's like, I know you know. You come in here every day. You come in here every day, and you pretend you don't know what a grande is. Uh, it's that same sort of thing. Like, I know the size. Today, I got a grande black coffee, and I know that the black coffees have their own names, and she was like, all we have is pike. Uh, all we have is pike. This sounds like such a, a shitty stand-up comedy sort of routine, like Starbucks jokes, coffee jokes, dog jokes, but this is where we're at. This is where I'm at right now. This is me. This is this is real talk to me, uh, and and I'm you know I'm teaching you something too. I'm telling you how to how to appear harmless. You know when you're out when you're walking out and about, how to put people at ease, how to how to how to win dogs and put people at ease. I don't know. Making a joke about how to win friends and influence people, but it wasn't good. Um. Uh, how to walk dogs and. And I don't know how to walk dogs and put people at ease so that you can influence them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the girl at Starbucks was just like, oh, is, is Pike okay? And I was just like, is that black coffee? And she was like, I guess so. And I was like, yeah. Um, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> um, uh, but it's that sort of thing where like at Starbucks, they give you a couple options. You know, like, do you want the dark roast or do you want the pike? And uh, but at these at the local places, at like these local roasters, you, there's like six or eight things, and they all have exotic names. And I, I'm not against that. I mean, people like that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not attacking them. But at the same time, it's like I don't. I really don't care. And it doesn't seem like. Like when I just say like whatever you want to give me, it doesn't seem like that's even an option. You know, they don't like they still make you decide. And I don't like that. I, I don't want an option. I just I know that I'm not going to like, you know, I'll probably not let it cool enough to even taste it. You know, I probably won't if I'm getting coffee when I'm out and about, uh, especially if I'm buying like an expensive local roaster, like I'm probably not even going to wait to actually taste it when it's cool enough to taste. So I really don't want to have to make that decision. If I'm if I'm paying like more money than I want to pay for a cup of coffee, it's probably because I'm desperate. So I don't want to have to make a decision and I, I don't care. Um, 
So a roundabout way of saying like that, yeah, if you get a local roaster's coffee and walk around with that, it probably makes you more of a wimp or more disarming or whatever else. It makes you more of a law-abiding citizen. I mean, that's what I mean by wimp. Because <laughs> the only people in our society anymore who aren't wimps are hardened criminals. I mean, it kind of feels that way. You know, it kind of feels that way sometimes. The criminals are the only people who ain't wimps anymore. Um but there is one big exception exception I have to mention, and that is gas station coffee. Because those cups often are very noticeable. They're very distinct. They're this very thin, hard styrofoam. It's not just like those like kind of fluffy, I don't know what to call them. They're kind of, you know, those like classic styrofoam cups where it's like you go to some event and they just have the cups stacked and you can just pump your own coffee out. They're not like those. Like I imagine that's like church coffee. If you go to church, I imagine you get them in those kind of classic, not very big styrofoam cups, not big enough for me. I mean, if I want coffee, I want it in a bigger cup, uh, which is very fortunate that gas station coffee is a thing because all the cups are fucking big, you know, and they're all huge. Like even the smallest gas station coffee cup is huge. Uh, and they're not that different in size. Like they're all big, but it's not like the biggest one is that much bigger than the smallest one. And they're very slender, but you can fit a lot of coffee in there. And they, like I was saying though, they're not like the classic little white styrofoam cups. They're these very thin styrofoam. They seem too thin, like they're going to crack at any moment, but they're very sturdy despite that. And whatever is like printed on them seems like it's like printed into them. You know, it doesn't just see, it's not like there's just like a, a label on the outside and or like the printing like came after the fact, like whatever is like printed into that styrofoam is like an essential part of that styrofoam. I don't know how they make things like that. Uh, I don't know how they make these, uh, <laughs> these mass produced shitty, and they're not shitty though. I don't know those cups. I feel a certain level of pride when I carry a gas station coffee cup and uh, and But the thing is, is I don't think they're as disarming. I don't think they put people at ease. I think if people see you walking around with one of those gas station coffee cups, and they're very recognizable, you know, either because you've seen them or you just kind of know. They look shitty. They don't look, uh, they don't, they're certainly not these pristine white cups with, you know, one of the most well-known brand logos on them like Starbucks, one of those instantly recognizable brand Starbucks cups, which I heard like in Korea when I was there, one thing I found out that was really interesting is that the young women would buy Starbucks and they would buy, a, I guess what you'd call a tall, they would, they would order a small drink because it was really expensive there, like any Starbucks any coffee there was just insanely expensive if it was at Starbucks. Uh, and so they would get, they would buy the smallest size coffee, but they would ask to have it put in the largest cup. So a, uh, a venti. See, I know the names. And, uh, so they would have like a tall amount of coffee in a venti cup. And what kind of fucking language is this? But, uh, and then they would carry it with the logo facing out so that anybody who encountered them would see that they were drinking Starbucks. So it was a status symbol. And I'm not even joking. This is one of the few things I learned when I was in Korea is that the young women, at least at that time, like 2000, whatever year, 2012, 2013, 2014, I don't, I don't remember, uh, 
this was the thing to do. You buy Starbucks, it's insanely expensive, so you buy the cheapest amount of coffee and have them put it in the largest cup, and you carry it label-facing outward. So, you know, clearly there's some, like, larger international logic to what I'm saying here, where there's a power to walking around with a Starbucks cup, and it might be a status symbol there, but here it's disarming. It means that I'm okay with that guy walking around in my neighborhood. I'm okay with that guy letting his dog do whatever, you know, walking around because he's got a Starbucks cup. So you want to do that here too. If you're trying to put people at ease, you want to walk with your cup, with your Starbucks cup logo facing out so that people can see it. But if you're walking around with a gas station cup, uh, it's an entirely different story. People just know that you're a potential problem. Because, you know, it's one thing if you're driving, like, you know, you think of like, oh, I'm driving, I had to pull off at a convenience store at a gas station to get coffee, and I just, I'm really desperate for coffee, so I'm just going to go to the gas station. I've got to use the bathroom, I'm on the highway, so I'm going to go get some coffee at the gas station, and, you know, you're driving with it, whatever, nobody sees it. But somebody who walks to a gas station and buys coffee is an entirely different sort of person. They either have no standards whatsoever... And I say that as a person who has no standards whatsoever. Like I said, I drink a lot of coffee, but that doesn't mean that I have taste in coffee. You know, coffee to me is a process. Coffee to me is just something you do that you need to do. It's, it's very similar to going to the bathroom, and it actually relates to going to the bathroom. It helps you go to the bathroom. So, see, all these things, all these circles are folding in and intersecting with themselves. Uh, and... But yeah, like someone who's walking around with a cup of gas station coffee, though, it's like, you know, potentially dangerous. That person is potentially dangerous. They have no standards. They have no, uh, they have no aesthetic pride in the sort of, me- you know, in the sort of message they send. I don't know. They, they have no aesthetic pride if they're walking around with a, uh, a, a cup of gas station coffee. Because those cups are always poorly designed. Like, whatever's on them, it's like tan and orange like like the the stuff i'm talking about that's like printed into the styrofoam it's like some weird like tan and brown and orange sort of design it's just it doesn't look good like i said the cups are very tall and thin and there's something about that thin styrofoam i don't know if i've ever seen it anywhere else it's this very thin very hard rigid styrofoam and it feels disgusting it feels exactly the way it looks and people can see it and they you look like that cup when you're walking around with that cup if you're walking through a neighborhood with a cup of that gas station coffee you might as well be that cup walking around you might as well look as disgusting and dangerous as that cup and i feel like it also has this sort of drug addict connotation where it's like that's a guy who like he's trying not to you know, he can't find any speed or crack, and so he's going with the gas station coffee. Or he just got clean, and he doesn't have any money, and, you know, he still needs to have some sort of buzz, so he's going with that gas station coffee. And they even have that, pretty much every gas station has that, because you have, you have a few options there. You know, it's all do-it-yourself. You don't have to ask them for, like, the pike or the dark roast, or you don't have to ask them for the eight options that came from all these other countries or anything like that. Like, at the, you do have choices at the gas station, but they're pretty simple. It's like, 
you know, there's a dark roast, like a medium, some French named thing. They try to get fancy sometimes. 7-Eleven has, I believe, blueberry coffee, which isn't that bad. Actually makes me want some. Maybe I'll get some soon. Uh, think about that, walking around with one of those tall, thin styrofoam cups with, filled with blueberry, some synthetic blueberry coffee from the gas station. But one thing all the gas stations have, speaking of like speed and crack, is this like extreme voltage, like Java, you know, Java maniac buzz. They all have names like that. And they all seem to have this character on them. It's this spiky haired guy whose eyes are all crazy and he's like, he's whacked out of his mind on caffeine apparently. And it's always the same guy or same looking guy. It's almost like a a simple line drawing of a face and the guy's eyes are going crazy. It's almost like the Warheads guy, like that candy, the sour candy, the Warheads. It's almost in that vein. It's very 90s, but it's timeless. And it's, uh, yeah, it's like this spiky haired guy with his eyes out of whack. And he's on that extreme Java voltage, uh, you know. It's, al- it's always a good name like that. It's always something that they didn't put very much thought into. Uh, and it gives you anxiety just to look at it. And I don't know how powerful it actually is. Because what I usually do, I don't know, I- I've definitely filled up an entire cup of it before probably when I was hungover or something. So not exactly a a clean experiment that I can report the results on. But what I've typically done just to be safe so that I don't give myself a heart attack, and maybe it's all a myth. Maybe it's all bullshit. Maybe it's just another, maybe that that is just the same as all the other coffee, and they just know that, hey, we're a gas station. Nobody's going to ask any questions. Uh, But uh, what I typically do just to feel kind of, you know, a little bit like I'm, I'm doing something is I'll fill up most of the cup with one of the regular coffees and I'll leave maybe a quarter at most and I'll fill that quarter up with the extreme buzz, with the big extreme voltage buzz. And I don't, whether it does anything, I don't know, you know, whether I get an added little kick, I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, kind of similar to the way that like, if I'm desperate enough for coffee that I'll pay five bucks for a cup at one of these like boutique roasters, it's the same thing on the opposite end of the spectrum with gas station coffee where like, I'm not going to get coffee there so that I can wait until it cools down to drink it. But that said, I don't really mind the taste and I generally enjoy the experience of gas station coffee, but it just doesn't establish as much trust as walking around with Starbucks or something else. just doesn't establish that same level of brand trust. And you will look like a burglar walking around a neighborhood with that. So you have to be extra confident that day. That's the thing, is when you go into a gas station to get their coffee uh, and you're going to be seen with it, you got to be a little extra confident. you got to have a little extra boost in your step, even before you get the buzz. you got to have a little boost before the buzz. But the whole other dimension to walking around with a coffee cup is the whole, the, the new mom thing. Because uh, you'll see these new moms and they have a baby in one hand or a stroller and then they have their cup of coffee and there's that whole like new mom juggle. It's like the, it's, moms are like constantly juggling. It's like they have the baby And this is, once again, just like a continuation of the worst stand-up comedy joke or something, where it's just like, you ever notice how moms are juggling? You ever notice how coffee and dogs and moms, you know, it's like 
great topics here, great categories. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a, you just notice where like, especially when like, if you've known a girl, a young woman, say she, you work with her, or she's somebody you went to school with, and you've known her as, a, as just a young woman going through her young woman life. And uh, usually like when a young woman walks around with a cup of coffee, she'll kind of have that like constantly late thing going on where they'll like come into work with their Starbucks in their hand. And like, it's like, oh, I'm always running late. I'm always in a rush. I'm always running late. But they're still prominently displaying their coffee uh, logo out. Uh, that's the sort of vibe they give off. But when they transition into motherhood, especially if they're a new mother and not a teen mom, like this, I don't know anything about teen moms and their coffee drinking. But when a young woman, say in her 20s, mid to late 20s, 30s, I don't know, uh, I don't know, uh, becomes a new, when a, when a new mom who's like 50, when a, when a 50-year-old woman becomes a new mom, you ever notice how the way she holds a coffee cup changes? No. But there is something to it where when a young woman becomes a mom, it's like she, the coffee, she kind of holds the coffee a little bit differently. And she's not doing so much the whole like, oh, I'm running late. Ooh, you know, woke up late, you know, rushing into work with my coffee in my hand. It's no longer that sort of vibe. And it's more like this, uh, they kind of hold their arm more inward and like they got the baby in one hand and maybe they got their keys or their phone. It's really just this juggling act and it's impressive. You know, I'm, I'm not criticizing this at all. I'm just observing, I'm describing what I've seen. I'm not criticizing the new mama juggle, the new mama juggle. Oh, I, I went to Cirque du Soleil, and I was so disappointed because I didn't see one instance of the new mama juggle. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's, this, it's, a, it's, a really, it's a thing, and they seem to add more stuff to juggle every year. Uh, and you can tell that they saw other women do it. You know, you can tell they grew up like as little girls seeing their moms and their aunts and other people they know doing the new mama juggle. And they were somewhere in their subconscious. They were like, someday that's going to be me. Someday that's going to be me running errands and like doing the hectic new mama struggle. I can't wait to, to feel that level of hectic energy in my life. And, you know, maybe next year... Well, hell, maybe next month I'll add a dog into the mix. Maybe instead of just, uh, you know, having the baby on one arm or the baby in the stroller and pushing that or holding the baby and uh, trying to get my keys out and holding the Starbucks cup in one hand and, uh, you know, trying to look at my phone, you know, maybe I'll add a dog into the mix too. You know, maybe I'll, I'll graduate from that amateur level of just trying to do like the keys and the phone and the baby. I'll graduate to like, having to juggle the dog on a leash and the dog's being crazy because, you know, it's he's still being trained. Oh, the dog's still being trained. The baby's still being trained. You know, I'm still figuring it out, but I'm doing the new mama juggle. And it is good. It is impressive. I'd rather see the new mama juggle than see, like, one of these, uh, I don't know, there's just, I feel like anybody who juggles who isn't a mom, uh, I hold them in contempt, <laughs> you know, like, I'm not a fan of jugglers, I'm not a fan of adult men who juggle, I guess unless they are a clown, and then I'm not a fan of them, I just kind of accept them in the same way that people have accepted me for walking a dog, uh, and, uh, you know, so it's like, I think new mama juggling is really the only form of juggling I respect, 
uh, I more than accept it. I actually respect it because they, they're good at it. But there is something about that where it's like, I, I just need to make this day as hectic as possible. I just need to make this day as hectic as possible. Let me try to pull a bunch of things out and do this and then try to have a conversation with you while this is going on and, and express to you how, how stressed I feel. And I feel like women do graduate out of that. They get so good at the new mama juggle that they just don't need to do it anymore. They're just over it or something. Uh, no need to do that. I perfected that. Why, why keep doing something that you've perfected? And by then, maybe they have another kid, and so that kid is like participating. They, they've become an assistant to the new mama juggle. Uh, and maybe that becomes a whole other thing, a new thing to juggle, juggling multiple kids, multiple dogs, multiple phones. Uh, you know, every mom needs a burner phone these days. Every mom needs a burner phone. Um, multiple sets of keys. That's, see, that's like the true, that's a true, uh, that's a goddess, a, a goddess mother. The mother goddess is a woman who has multiple children, multiple dogs, multiple phones, multiple keys, multiple cups, uh, and not multiple arms. And they're just trying to juggle everything. Uh, and one thing I will say is that nobody's worried about a mom who has a bunch of stuff in her hands. If they see a mom walking through a neighborhood, nobody's like, oh, I'm worried about her. What's she doing? What, what is she doing? This is the second time she's walked by the house. It's like, yeah, but she has like a million things in her hands and she's trying to like respond to a text and she's trying to like make an appointment with the dentist while she texts and she's trying to like make sure her car is locked and she's trying to get a sip of coffee in between and she's got the baby on her side and the dog in a stroller. You know, it's just... It's disarming, to say the least, and it's is disarming, I guess it's disarming for us, but it's certainly not disarming for them, because they ain't dropping anything. Disarming would be them just dropping it all. Uh, their arm, their, I don't know, uh, but, uh... <sighs> It's, uh, you know, it's all part of this big, it's, it's all part of this big thing I'm talking about. Cups give you a certain image. Walking around with a cup, walking around with stuff in your hands, whether it's a dog, a baby. And that's something interesting, too, because uh, I was reading about, speaking of babies and being a baby, uh, you know, I was, I feel like a baby again. Uh, with regards to some of the things I've been doing for the last couple years, and in particular meditation, I kind of thought I had a pretty good understanding of what I was doing with regards to meditation and, you know, not perfect. It's always a work in progress. I'm still very uh, early on in the process of meditation as a discipline. You know, I've only been doing it less than a year and a half, which is still a baby amount of time. That's still, in terms of human years, that's a baby still, a year, less than a year and a half. That's actually so young that a, a young mom would not refer to it as a year and four months or whatever, and they would actually say uh, 18, 17, I can't do the math. <laughs> they would, if someone were to ask, like, you know, a young mom how old their baby is, they would say, oh, 15 months. She's 15 months. It's that thing, and I, I'm not the first one to point it out, but for whatever reason, young parents continue to refer to their children in months, even after they've gone over a year. 
they'll still say 15 months, 16 months. I don't know if that continues up until two, because you don't hear it after two, I don't think. You don't hear people say, she's 25 months. Yo, my daughter, she's 33 months. You don't really hear it at that point that I know of. Uh, But there is this point where they keep saying that even after a year. Uh, But I should do that with my meditation, where I'll be like, "I'm, I'm 15 months in. But I am a baby, and lately I've been reminded of that. I've been doing some more reading and studying, and I'm just reminded of, you know, how young and raw my practice of doing that is. And I, you know, how did I come back to, like, meditation, of course, but um, I don't know. Uh, Oh, yeah, I remember it was actually, it does tie into this, and this wasn't intentional to bring this up, but I was reading something recently that was talking about breathing, because breathing is a major focus of meditation, you know, focusing on your breathing. And it was saying that ultimately your breathing should be so... The focus on your breathing... Your your breathing should basically be so integrated with your meditative state that you're no longer conscious of your breathing. Even though it's a focus, it's like you should no longer be aware. You should ultimately lose awareness of the breathing process. It should become that subtle. And it comp- what I was reading compared the breathing process during meditation to the way a mother holds her child on her hip. And it said, you know, in the same way that a mother, a mother's carrying her child on her hip becomes so integrated with what she's doing that she can multitask without any risk of dropping the baby, your breathing should essentially do the same thing during meditation. I swear to God I read this, and I did not intend to bring this up. Uh, but, some, you know, it was just planted in my brain. Uh, so, uh, you know, it was just a, an interesting thing to read, because, you know, I'm here I am a baby in... My, my meditative self is a baby in human years. And uh, something I was reading about meditation made an analogy to a mother multitasking while holding a baby. But what the book didn't say, and it wasn't a book, it was a fucking website. <laughs> uh, but uh, what the website didn't say was that she was doing the new mama juggle, the hectic new mama juggle. See, if they had used that terminology, the lesson really would have hit home. It really would have been ingrained with me if they had said, you want your breathing during meditation to be analogous to the way a new mother holds her child with no risk of dropping her during the hectic new, new mama juggle. Hold your coffee cups out, brand out, walk your dogs. Maybe you can learn the new mama juggle and put everyone at ease. This land is mine. God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can 